0: Dragon the Peg is recorded in Treaty 1 territory, the traditional territory of the Anishinaabeg, Cree, Ojibwe, cree Dakota, and Dene peoples, and on the homeland of the Métis Nation. All right, please welcome
1: back to the stage. She's my nanny. She's my grandma. And she's also just like the ever so please give it back please give a warm welcome back to Lena tequila
0: Fuck. welcome to drag in the peg a podcast series exploring the lives and careers of drag performers living in winnipeg canada my name is graham Husen, and i'll be your host in january a fantastic freelance writer living in winnipeg named isaac Werman wrote a story on our city's drag scene for vice canada It focused on local drag production team Slunt Factory and called the movement towards less orthodox drag in our city a drag renaissance. He was right. There is a boom of tremendous new drag flooding our city, going against all conventions and previously held ideas of what drag had to be in our city. But none of it could exist without the contribution of this episode's guest, who pushed boundaries when she started her drag career that challenged the city's more pageanty roots. She's also one of the funniest people I've ever met in my whole life and one of the kindest souls in our city's drag scene. So without further ado, I'd like to welcome a child of the House of Burlesque and mother of the House of Tequila, Lita Tequila.
1: Hi, I'm Lita Tequila and I've been doing drag for way too long.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So you are known pretty specifically in the drag scene for your sense of humor and you're pretty outrageous and pretty funny. (laughs)
1: Where does that come from? Uh, That's pretty awesome. I've never heard that before. No? No. A lot of people would always say that I was known for my spooky looks or for my weird things that I do, but never my humor, which I really like. (laughs) Because it's something I've kind of found in the past few years more so, like past like five years. Mm -hmm. I've noticed I've got funnier and funnier. I think that's because I'm getting like stupider and stupider. (laughs) You know, too much weed (laughs) flies my brain. (laughs) But I don't know uh, where that comes from. I think it just comes from being comfortable with myself, I guess, and comfortable with the way I'm able to make fun of people or myself or Uh always trying to, like, push the envelope with what's right to say or what's wrong to say. Mm -hmm. I think that's where it comes from.
0: So you said that a lot of people say that you're known for, like, your spooky looks and your crazy looks. What's all about that?
1: Well, I've always been, like, drawn to the more darker the more edgier the more punk rock type of looks like when i started drag i would always try to be like that too not successfully because there wasn't much places to do that (laughs) or i didn't have the right concepts but i've always been more drawn to the spooky or the scary or the alternative looks of things i've never been about i've never really been too much drawn to the glamour and to the over the top or the campy until actually just recently i've kind of found a love for it.
0: And you're known for, so a lot of your, I've been following on you on Instagram for quite a long time. God, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and you do a lot of like crazy faces with, I think it might be prosthetics or maybe you're just that good with makeup.
1: Well I It's probably prosthetics. There's a few prosthetics thrown into there. I'm thinking specifically like the cat face maybe. Oh, that's all makeup. Oh my yeah. God. Yeah, that's just shading and bringing out parts like of a cat's snout that would normally protrude more and then shading differently and
0: wow so you actually own
1: a cosmetics company i do yeah i was kind of sick and tired of not really having many options for creative makeup in winnipeg Mm -hmm. like we have harlequin which has ben nye which is awesome and everything but i wanted something more out there and more affordable that's the thing because a lot of drag queens myself included don't have tons of money to be going Sephora and spending $50 on a foundation or something like that, or like $30 on glitter. Or, mm-hmm. It's ridiculous, actually. But I mean, I wanted something that would be more affordable for people to like create looks and to be more creative with what they're trying to do, whether it be drag queens or whether it be performers or anybody.
0: So then how did you get started with, with
1: creating a business? Oh God, Uh, (laughs) Google. (laughs) Yeah, I'm I'm big on sitting at home when I'm like chilled out and I just Google things and I'll just research things. And I get, I'm big on my crazy ideas. I always have a new little adventure, new something that I'm trying to do. Mm -hmm. And one time it was just like, I wanted to start my own business. I wanted to be in charge of myself because I have a hard time listening to other people. And that's my (laughs) downfall. Like every other job I've had, it's just, I have never found passionate or I've never found that I wanted to be there unless I was in charge. And so like in terms of
0: like formulas and the chemical mixtures, how did you,
1: how (laughs) did you learn about that and do that? I didn't learn about that. That's what the, that's what the distributors for. (laughs) They're the ones that make it and they make sure it's safe and they make sure it's good to be in Canada or, or wherever that doesn't contain like lead from China. (laughs) things like that
0: cool so is that like kind of your main day gig
1: yeah between that and drag I've been really lucky the past while that I've been able to make a living it the drag gigs have exploded for me like I've never I've never worked this much ever in my life and never been paid so well like so many people are starting to see that there's value in drag and there's value in the things that we do mm-hmm. so I'm very appreciative of A big kudos goes out to Prairie Sky. since I've met her. She's just so connected with everybody and she can get a gig from anybody. Like the janitor down the hallway, she could probably convince him to pay us 50 bucks to do a show in the broom closet.
0: (laughs) That's surprising to me that, that drag queens are getting paid more. I think I spoke to... Someone who is like, I mean, yeah, drag queens get paid, but not very much. But it's, like, enough to, like, help sustain a career.
1: Between that and between the makeup sales, because I still have, like, I don't have a store anymore. Mm -hmm. But I still have a lot of online orders. And then I have a lot of people buying from me still. I've supplied to, like, different, like, groups and organizations that all buy from me to support me. So, which is, I'm very appreciative of. Uh And so between that and drag, I've been able to... I don't know, make it. Pay all my bills. Nice. (laughs) So is
0: your primary target or like, sorry, target market. I'm starting to pull out my PR background. That's okay. So your kind of main customers,
1: are those mostly drag queens or is it just like Um, regular makeup wear? It's a bit of everybody. Like I've had a lot of support too from a lot of the makeup artists in the city. Like a lot of the girls from MAC come and see me or they'll message me. The biggest thing, for oddly enough, is lashes. Like, uh-huh. And all it is is buying lashes online, bringing them here. But we don't have the big, giant drag lashes anywhere. Mm-hmm. The big know. 301s. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the 301s. There's a giant box sitting in my basement of 301s. Talking
0: about performing more and more often, let's kick it back to when you started doing drag. You said it was 12 years ago?
1: Yeah, almost 12 years to the day, October 26, 2006. and I was at Club 200 and I had always really wanted to do something not it wasn't necessarily drag but I wanted to be I don't know I wanted to be known I wanted to be have a voice or to you know to be special in a way and that sounds like a bit downer but it's not (laughs) in any which way it's like I wanted to be extraordinary Mm -hmm. if that makes sense I I grew up looking up to female wrestlers like Lita, the real Lita. She's oh. my hero. That's so, where you get your name from though? Yeah. I totally stole it like a good thief. <laughs> but <laughs> um, cool. yeah, I had the opportunity to meet her too. But we can talk about that later. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I've always drawn from the, the over the top, the flashy, um, just being something different or being a star, I guess, in a way. So that's really where my drag came from in a way. I had an opportunity, Anita Stallion had a Best New Drag contest and it really wasn't a contest. You walked around in a circle and everybody (laughs) cheered if you were the prettiest one or the most cool looking one. But I went to Valley Village, I stole a purse (laughs) and I stole some little fuzzy heels, just like every good drag queen should do for their first outfit. And yeah, then I won Best New Drag and I didn't know what that meant. And I went up to her after. I'm like, hey, what can I do now? And she's like, what do you mean, what can you do now? And I'm like, well, I want to be involved. I want to do something. I want to be a drag queen. And she's like, well, come out to shows and start doing shows. So that's really where it started. And after that, I was trying to do everybody's show. I would try anytime I got offered to perform in a show or anything like that, I would snatch it right up. Wow. And back then, there wasn't any like paid gigs or anything you really did drag for yourself it wasn't necessarily for money
0: so was Anita Stallion kind of like your drag mother or did you is um, that just sort of like the jumping point
1: no I wouldn't say she's my drag mo- I think she's everyone's drag mother in this city she's one of the smartest people in this city that I've ever met she always has great opinions and when you need advice she's good to go f- to but um my drag mother is Brianna Burlesque Oh. Yeah. When I met her, I had seen her and I was like, holy, I want to be just like that. Like <laughs> she was an amazing. is, But like back then she was in her prime. She was an amazing performer. Like she was the best of the best, I would think, in the city, what I thought. And I was like, I want to be like that. So I just introduced myself to her and we started hanging out. And she helped me a lot and taught me, you know, a lot about performing and taught me a lot about makeup, because <laughs> I looked crunchy. I was horrible when I started.
0: Had you done a lot of makeup before you were a drag queen, or was that kind of just your start?
1: Um, No, I never really did makeup before I was a drag queen. I always thought it was cool, but I never knew what to do because there wasn't really YouTube videos to watch or anything back then. Mm -hmm. I remember I've been doing drag so long that when I started drag, it was the end of MySpace, so there's a Lita Tequila MySpace out there somewhere, and it's really tragic. Wow. Yeah. I'm gonna hunt that down. Yeah, (laughs) I'm trying to look. I can't find it. If you can find it, post it. (laughs) (laughs) But, um yeah no i never really like played with makeup it was just when i started drag that i kind of got into it but i was looking i didn't have anywhere to learn from it took me a long time to learn there was a good three years or four years when i started that i was horrible at makeup but i had the passion to want to learn it and i used to sit down beside people like vita or people like brianna or other people that knew how to do makeup i'd sit beside them and watch them do their makeup And like no one ever helped me, like, did my makeup or anything like that. I would just watch and I would learn and then I would adapt it to my face. Shit, don't tell these new kids are so good. What? All I could think of that whole time is I was like, fuck, these new kids are gonna make me look like a piece of shit later. Right? Like we're just gonna be gross. For the record, Lena and I are huge pieces of shit. Hugely gross. And very unchallenging. And unstable. It was what? unstable. Oh, definitely unstable, that's for sure. And it could also be from lack of sleep. Yeah, I was going to say also explosive. <clears throat> <clears throat> like, took the high road and didn't make the joke that You time take the hard. high road and I'll take the low road. You would take the low road, you say? Fuck yeah, that's where all the dicks are. And he's on her knees once again. I'm really squatting. Okay. All right, let's
0: carry Cool. So 12 years later, uh, you and I were both at Slunt Factories, Ghouls and Fools, and we we're talking about some of these new queens.
1: What's that like seeing kind of this new era of drag queens performing in the city? It's insane. I'm so happy for it. Because when I started, there was a lot of animosity to, to anybody that was newer or anybody that was trying to break into drag. Like, it wasn't as bad as years before me, but... There was kind of a, you're new, and you don't matter, and I matter more because I've been doing it longer. Mm -hmm. So I'm really happy to see that most of the drag queens, not all of them, but most of them are really supporting all the new girls. uh, Because that's something that we didn't have. Like, we had that, but, like, starting, we didn't have people coming out to all our shows and supporting and sharing things, because they thought they were better than everybody, right? Mm-hmm. And, like, even at their show, they needed someone help sell raffle tickets. So I was like, I'll just do it. Like, <laughs> I don't mind. Like, it's not above me to help anybody. I love it.
0: Yeah, it was so amazing seeing you and Pharaoh and, and Satina, and I think Vita was there, too. It was so awesome seeing seeing everybody there and supporting each other.
1: Yeah, like, we're a small community, and if we're all there to support each other, we're just going to grow from it, I think. Like, because of being so nice and being so open and wanting to meet new people and new drag queens. Like, I've gone tons of gigs that way from people. Hey, can you do this? Can you do that? Mm-hmm. Can you do this gig? And I'm like, sure. <laughs> awesome. More the better, I think.
0: And you also, you've taken on quite a few children as well.
1: <laughs> you are a mother. I'm more, I'm a mother. My drag kids are Satina Loren and Victoria Lush, who lives in Vancouver now. Mm-hmm. But I'm more of a nanny, I would say. <laughs> I always tell the kids to call me nanny because Satina has a good amount of kids and mm-hmm. everybody else, there's all these younger drag queens are having these kids. And I'm like, well, I'm not really your mother. I'm your nanny. I'm a cool <laughs> nanny. <laughs> I'm not like a regular mom. Uh, yeah, I'm one of those drunk nannies. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I mean, talking to quite a few young queens when they talk about some of the older queens who've inspired them and helped them to kind of integrate into the city, your name gets passed around a lot. What's that like being kind of like an authority? Authority figure might be the weird word to say it, but kind of like an authority in local drag.
1: Oh, it's a compliment. <laughs> I kind of get where you're going with that. Mm-hmm. Like, not necessarily like authority, but like like a pillar? Of... Yes, exactly. So, yeah, maybe that. Um, I'm honored because I never thought that I would be you know, the older drag queen who people looked up to, like I was the crunchy back lane (laughs) slut who was doing shows at 200 and fuzzy heels and drinking out of a two liter of like random booze in the back lane. So I never thought people would really be looking up to me. It's, it's an honor. It puts a bit of like pressure on me to be my best and to be a good person for sure. Uh, and to be there to help a lot of people. Like I like I always always want to be viewed as a positive person or someone who's always been kind to people. Being kind is a big thing for me.
0: So we were talking about kind of the differences between drag nowadays versus when you started. And you said drag's like it was a little bit dirtier.
1: Yeah, it was a little bit more It wasn't so mainstream like we would do shows for example at like the universities and stuff and people would just stare at us because it wasn't something that was out there yet there was no RuPaul's Drag Race on TV there wasn't uh, lots of like drag in the schools and like younger kids doing drag there was none of that it was very there was very few drag queens and it was very rare um, to see a drag show or to see someone just coming out and being this big glamazon or dirty dumpster whore, for lack of better <laughs> words. Um, it was different. It was more underground. It was more of a a members-only club type thing, mm-hmm. I guess, which ne- isn't necessarily the best thing. I'm more happy with the way drag is now, being more out there. People are more understanding about it. It took me a lot of years of being out there and being in drag to make people... Understand that there's different types of people. I think really that's what drag helps with a lot is it opens up all the possibilities for people. So I think that's more important now.
0: So drag in Winnipeg, I've noticed, just talking to other girls and going to events, it seems like a lot of drag in Winnipeg is associated with a lot of fundraising, like through yeah. the SOMS and Sunshine House and stuff.
1: yeah. I'm not part of Sunshine House, but I'm always willing to help out with whatever they're doing. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, But I am part of the SOMS. Uh, I was Empress 13, and right now they're on year 19. Mm -hmm. Um, But I was involved with the organization all the way back in like year eight, year nine. Uh, I sat on the board as treasurer. It was horribly boring. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But it's basically, uh, yeah, it's fundraising for the community. It's kind of taking care of your own And that's a big part of drag, I think. And that's especially when I started, too. That was the big thing, was the empress was the big shit in the city, I guess you would say. Mm -hmm. And that's something a lot of us who started way back when wanted to achieve or wanted to work towards. But we got started doing a lot of fundraising and doing a lot of shows that were for free, but they would give a donation to the organization, which they kind of just to where they want each year like they pick their charities and they fundraise for them so I think fundraising is like a big leg of that drag stands on like that's one big thing Mm -hmm. Uh, apart from like being great and being fabulous and like (laughs) advocating for people and things like that fundraising is another thing that's big in drag
0: so how does it feel to be able to use drag as kind of like a, a tool of fundraising mayhaps or even a tool of
1: uh, advocacy. The fundraising part, um, I've just, it's second nature to me kind of because I grew up in drag with starting that. Mm -hmm. Um, The advocacy or like, uh, you know, being a voice for people that can't, that's something that in the past maybe six years I've found more and more and more. Uh, maybe even more than six years. I kind of started around when I won Drag Superstar. OTV had a competition across Canada. and I was like, I'm not gonna win. I'm not gonna enter this. I'm weird. Like this is not gonna work. (laughs) And then everyone's like, you should just do it for fun. I'm like, and we were drinking at my house one day and it was like a heavy party. And I was like, do you know what guys? I'm just gonna go do this. So I got in drag and I was like, I'm gonna go try to win this. Let's just see if it works. And I competed against some, like, great drag queens who, you know, they moved better than me. They were, I guess, quotations, prettier than me. Some were more glamorous than me. But I just went out there. I was my weird self, and somehow I won. And that's when uh, when I won, all my friends, and, like, people who weren't even my friends, people I just knew, flooded the stage and j- came on stage with me. And that was kind of the start of a new... Way of thinking about drag for me. That's when I knew I was kind of somebody, and I had a responsibility and a voice to be uh, a good person for the community, or for myself and my friends, and people I don't even know. You know, that's so cool. Was yeah. that a pageant in Winnipeg? It was a competition at Fame Out TV. They went to Toronto, Montreal, Manitoba, and Saskatchewan. Were grouped together. Alberta and BC, and they Mm -hmm. picked a winner from each. They picked a queen from each area or zone or whatever. Wow, (laughs) and I won the one for here. That's so cool. Yeah, how did that feel to achieve that? That was that was that was crazy because winning that because it's throughout TV, Mm -hmm. um, they flew. The win the prize was you get flown to the finale of Drag Race season four. Oh wow! And uh, like not the actual where RuPaul's there or whatever, but like at a big bar in New York City. Oh yeah. So you get flown there, and you get to meet the queens and stuff like that, and you just get to be in New York City. Um, And for me, that was huge because I never traveled anywhere. I'd never been on a plane. I never really left Manitoba. I went to Regina once before that. (laughs) I've been as far as Kenora. Like I never traveled anywhere. I didn't have a passport. Um, And I grew up very, very poor. And to me, that was just something that wasn't in the books for me. I always thought it was beyond me being able to travel to see different things in the world or to see different places. But when I won that competition, it was just something inside of me that changed. I got my passport, and just the passport really was a freedom to me. I'm gonna try to talk with two mics because one doesn't work. Because guess what? Two is better than one. Uh, right? I mean, I can't fit these in. I'm a Whatever. Yeah, yeah. I'm going use better anyway. Are we ready?
0: So you then have kind of seen the, like, birth and then the rise and now the kind of, like, the institution that is RuPaul's Drag Race. Do you think that that's kind of helped to bring drag to a more mainstream crowd?
1: It definitely has, yeah. There's nothing bad that comes out of it. Sometimes it has things that I think influence people to to act a certain way, but it's not really their fault, such as, like, everybody watches Drag Race and expects oh, you got to be like this. You have to have this type of drag. You have to look this certain way Mm -hmm. or you have to be this gender to do drag. Mm -hmm. And that's not the truth. That's just, drag race is one very small part of the whole drag community. And the parts about the drag community that I love are the ones that really aren't part of the drag race. Like I I love drag race, but I love the parts of drag that are um, more raw or more unique or we have when having bio queens for example or just people dressing up to have fun and just put on a character and to be a star like mm. I find that more appealing than a drag race competition yeah. also because I'm a sore loser I don't like to lose <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, so kind of wheeling back we were talking about um, empress and how back then that was sort of what every queen aspired to be do you think that's
1: changed at all? I think it has changed a lot and that might be for the better. I think people have different goals in drag because that was one goal that a lot of people had. But now there's different goals in drag. Some people want to make music. Some people want to be in videos or like want to be on TV. Some people just want to party. Some people (laughs) want to look cool and go out. And that's their goals. And it's not necessarily looking towards this goal. Of empress, which is a very hard job. You have to commit so much of your time and your effort and your money, and you have to listen to what other people tell you. Which I said before, I'm not very good at listening (laughs) to people. And uh, so it's it's still a great it's still a great thing. But I think there's other things for people to look forward to now or to work towards. And you were also Entertainer of the Year, correct? Yeah. Um, (laughs) Well, I lost a competition for Entertainer of the Year. Oh. And then the Entertainer kind of got stripped, so they just appointed me. Uh. (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean, I got it regardless. Wow. But um, Entertainers is is part of the court system, too. Mm -hmm. Uh, It kind of, like, goes with the Empress thing. And Entertainers just, you're, like, there to help them fundraise for the year. And Vita was Empress at the time that, like, last year. And also Foxy and Sharon were part of the upper house, which is like princesses and things like that. And Prairie Sky was Duchess. And I was like, do you know what? All my friends are doing this. I want to get involved with it too. So I was like, I want to be entertainer. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And um, being entertaining, I guess, is a thing (laughs) that you need to be for Year, I wouldn't say I was entertaining, but (laughs) um, I was very mouthy. I talked a lot, (laughs) but it was fun. And I only did it for, like, by the time I was appointed, it was, like, a six-month thing. Ah. Yeah.
0: So do you prefer being empress or entertainer?
1: (laughs) Mm, If I had to pick one, it was probably empress because I grew a lot then. Entertainer, I did it more so to help all my friends. Um, It wasn't necessarily a thing for myself. It was just to help my friends and to be able to be included with my friends in, like, the fundraising efforts or, like, Uh, reaching out efforts and going to small prides and things like that. I just wanted to be included in that. Empress is really where I grew a backbone. I learned a lot about myself. Wow. Like what did you learn? Oh God, I learned not (laughs) to take shit from people. That's for sure. Um, I learned that sometimes when you're in a position, not of power, when you're in a position of people looking up to you, It puts a bullseye on your back, regardless whether it's empress or whether you're representing a bar or a club. You kind of have this little target on you that people are waiting. Some people are waiting to see if you fuck up Mm -hmm. or some people are waiting to see if you fall down or if there's a way they can pick at you. It's just because you're more out there and you're more in people's faces. And it learned to give me a better spine, I guess, and a backbone and to stick up for myself and my friends a lot. Mm-hmm. I did a lot of that as empress cuz at the time empresses were gowns, crowns and I did I was not that at all. I was very different. I had horns and you know, crown of thorns and things like that and I didn't have biggest expensive gowns, but I had really cool looks and I used to do the creepy thing and people were like, "You can't be an empress and do that." And I was like, "Well, you know, watch." And I traveled across <laughs> Canada and things like that and I was like, People either loved me or they didn't get me. They didn't understand me. So I learned, you know, to just be proud of myself during that time. And just proud of who I am. At the time, it was, you know, a monster. So, <laughs> and I was proud of it. From the nut herself, Sister Hell. That's me. And Sister Lena. I'm more like Quasi. <laughs> you're, no, you're like Fucking mother superior, Lita. Yeah, I just sit there with a bag over my head. Well, I mean, if it works, it works. Hey, we're all everybody needs a job, right?
0: True that. So let's talk a little bit about your relationship with Foxy Lamore. You two are partners, correct?
1: Yeah, we have been for a few years now. Wow. Um, we've been friends for ever for uh, it's probably about ten years now. I've been in love with him since forever. And finally, he finally figured it out. So, um, but yeah, it's, we've been together now for a few years.
0: So I don't think that this is a very popular opinion. I honestly don't. But there was a, there was a period a couple of years ago where the question of like, dating or two drag queens dating was seen as contentious or something like that
1: what
0: what are your thoughts on that
1: yeah like they called it Kai Kai before yeah but Kai Kai was if you're just fooling around in drag making yourself a fish fry that's <laughs> not what we do mm. <laughs> contrary to popular belief and everybody always asks the question do you guys fucking drag I'm like no <laughs> people ask that yeah some people do oh some God. people ask me that I don't know if they ask him that jeez <laughs> yeah I don't care like it's I'll answer any question and usually it'll be with a joke. But yeah, like at the end of the day, we're both still gay guys who Mm. just happen to be drag queens. It's what we do for fun. It's what we do to go out. I don't get sexual kicks by being in drag. It's very uncomfortable. (laughs) (laughs) I I am drawn to like someone as a boy having a face full of makeup. That's kind of hot to me. But (laughs) other than that, no, it's not like... It's not like we go and scissor in the basement or anything.
0: (laughs) Is there any kind of, like, added, I suppose, benefits or mayhaps challenges of dating a drag queen? Mm, Probably.
1: As a drag queen? Well, we'll start off with, like, a challenge. Sometimes it would be having to share stuff when you like the same kind of stuff. Uh Um, Sometimes it's, like, or not even that. Sometimes it's the jealousy when one person gets something really nice and you're like oh my god i want to wear that i need that and then you (laughs) buy another one and you know but that's that's like little things there's a lot of benefits like we share most things which is it's sometimes most times it's a good thing like we share most makeup and like but I'm like that with everybody. Like, anybody needs something, I'll throw them a pair of shoes or a wig or anything like that. There's also someone that's a good thing when you're getting ready. It's great to have someone who knows what they're doing, too, to ask, is this okay? Did you, does this look good? You know, having a second opinion. Our house is just, oh, it's a drag house, that's for sure. <laughs> we have a drag room in the basement, and it's just covered with, like, gowns and wigs and shoes and makeup and garbage. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I can imagine it get pretty messy. Yeah, when we're getting in drag, it gets very messy because most times what you pick to wear to begin with doesn't work. So we're always throwing it all over the place. Like right now, there's about eight pairs of shoes laying on my bed because I needed to borrow <laughs> shoes to a friend yesterday. I was like, um, well, I don't know, just leave them here. So I slept on them last <laughs> night. Um, yeah, drag is exp- it always explodes all over like in my jeep. There's drag all up in the back. You can't even see out the back window because there's so much junk <laughs> that I accumulate. Like, I, I have this thing with if I see something nice for drag, I just get it. Whether I use it or not, someone will use it. Anyways, while well, we waiting for this stuff, do you know what? This is way cleaner than my house. My house looks disgusting right now. We have, like, five drag queens getting ready. There's glitter. There's sweaty tuckers. There's dirty bras. There's probably a knowing
0: me. I don't know what supposed right? Wow. And you two also both seem to have very distinct styles. And I think you both come from different houses, correct?
1: Yeah. So we're from different houses. But I think a lot of drag queens have different looks too. And I think that works for the better. Mm-hmm. I have a kind of a, a certain look about me that I don't see a lot of other people having, which I'm very appreciative of. But, yeah, everybody kind of looks different.
0: Do you guys influence each other? Oh, for sure, yeah. Other? There's sometimes <laughs> when
1: his face just looks so good, and I'm like, oh, I need to do that. I need to blend more. Or <laughs> there's sometimes when he's wearing a gown or, like, this a certain hair or something. I love it. Like, some, he's an amazing drag queen. He's so pretty. Like, wow, yeah. And so talented, too. So did you two start around the same time? Or I started probably three years before him. Oh, Yeah, probably about three years. I was the first one who ever came over and contoured him when he was getting in drag. Did you two meet through kind of the drag scene? No, we met because I told him to drop Trow in Gio's bathroom because Uh. he was hot. (laughs) And he said no, and then I was like, what the heck? (laughs) And then, yeah, I've been after him ever since. (laughs) A true romance. Right? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's exactly it. (laughs) So let's talk a little bit
0: about your name and about Lita. So Lita Tequila, that's inspired by Lita the Wrestler. Yeah,
1: um, I always say that my drag is a little bit mob wife, a little bit real housewife, and a lot female wrestler. I grew up, when I was younger, a lot of people have role models like Madonna or Cher or things like that, that inspire them. Mm-hmm. I had female wrestlers and especially Lita. I'd never liked wrestling or anything before because I didn't I didn't really get it, didn't want to know it. But then one day my brother was watching uh, Monday Night Raw there's this woman with fiery red hair and she was very punk rock, and she came running down the ring, and she beat the shit out of everybody, and <laughs> she was amazing, and she looked great doing it. And I was like, that's awesome. So I started kind of watching her, and then I just became obsessed, I guess you would say, in a way. She was just such a role model to me. She was so different, and it wasn't necessarily in wrestling. It was her as a person, like Amy Dumont as a person, mm-hmm. uh, and her character that she portrayed of Lita. Just being someone different and proud of the fact that they're – a little bit weird and a little bit off center and she's super adventurous. She's a big wanderluster, which is a new thing in the past couple of years. I'm obsessed with just going in the middle of nowhere and just being by myself and exploring things Mm -hmm. and seeing new things. And she's really big on that. And so we relate that way. But I knew I always wanted to be like her. So I just stole her name like a good Uh. thief does. (laughs) And at the time, I wish I would have just been Lita. And not had a last name, but at the time, everybody had a last name. So I was like, well, I have to have one, too. And so Tequila just kind of rolls off the the tip of the tongue. Yeah. Wow. And I spell it differently, too, because when I started, there was that girl, Tila Tequila, in MySpace. Yeah, yeah. Everyone was obsessed with her. And they're like, did you get your name from that? I'm like, no, I hate her. She's a vile person. (laughs) And so I changed the spelling of my last name. Yeah. Did
0: you fully have posters of... Oh,
1: my goodness. Okay, I'm going to send you a picture of what my room used to look. Oh, I wish I could find it right now. (laughs) I'm going to send you a picture of what my room used to look like. I had every picture and every poster of her. My mom must have thought, oh, yeah, he thinks this one's hot. But it was not that. I (laughs) idolized her. I thought she was so cool.
0: So did your parents think that you were straight for a long time? (laughs) Yeah, they did, (laughs) which is
1: odd. But um, my mom, like, when I – first ever had a guy over mm-hmm. I was like you you can't go to the bathroom you can't make any noise you can't leave this bedroom uh, unless you wake me up first I fell asleep and then I woke up and he was coming back in the room I'm like "Ugh!" and then my mom's knocking at the door laughing she's like you guys want pancakes uh, and I'm like great <laughs> <laughs> I don't know I don't think they ever th- I don't know if they ever thought I was straight or not they always thought I was weird that's for sure uh, I've always been a weirdo.
0: Did they ever do, what did they, how was the response when you started doing drag?
1: It was kind of just, my mom giggled at me and thought it was cool. Like Uh it's never been a weird thing or a dirty thing or anything like that. Like I remember getting in drag when I was 17 Uh, at the time. Was I living? I think I was living on my own, but one of the times shortly after that, I was getting ready when I lived back at home for a couple months and my mom didn't give, like, no fucks. She'd mm-hmm. walk by the bathroom, didn't even care. I'm sitting there putting purple eyeshadow on with my hands. Because <laughs> I was like, I don't know what to use. I don't know how to do makeup. So black eyeliner and purple eyeshadow. Yeah.
0: Um. Did, have they ever seen you perform?
1: Um. Yeah, my mom came to my Step Miss 200 10 years ago, almost to the day. Wow. And then my dad, I don't know if he's seen me perform. They've seen videos and stuff, and they both love it. Um, my dad's going blind he has retinal pigmentosis and so my goal is to get him out to a big event like pride or something like that just so he can see me do it live once right mm-hmm. uh, but yeah they've seen me and stuff and they always share things on Facebook and stuff there was this person that lives in my mom's building who was talking about my brothers and then my mom's like, oh yeah, I have this other son and he does drag and then she's like, oh cool. And then he's like, yeah, uh, his name's Lita and she's like, oh, and the girl was like, oh my God, everyone knows Leda, And I'm like, oh <laughs> God, who are you? <laughs> Where did I meet you? Did I fight you? <laughs>
0: <laughs> so is there anything else you'd like to add before we log off?
1: Not really, just that um, I'm really proud to be a drag queen in Winnipeg and I'm really proud to be part of this whole change and this whole progression of drag and like not just drag and its performance and art and all the opportunities that are coming for not just youth but everybody and uh i'm really honored to live in winnipeg and happy that i'm part of it fantastic thank you so much for sitting down with me today thanks for having me
0: thank you so much lita for sitting down with me Our next guest is a local legend who's been performing for two decades and has seen firsthand the rise and fall of multiple clubs, drag trends, and the careers of nearly every performer in Winnipeg. Here's a clip from her interview. I remember there was one drag queen in particular. I was Miss Happenings at the time and she was Miss Geo's. And I remember going downstairs at her bar and she's like, oh, you belong upstairs. And we got literally into a fist fight. Whoa. Yeah. It in was full drag? In full drag. Oh my god. Yeah, it was really bad. It was really, really bad. And that was one of the reasons why I got involved with the court system is because I wanted to like change that. I didn't want it to be so dark. I wanted queens to come like and be able to like, you know, explore their art and not feel like they weren't welcome. Thanks again to Claire Boning of Veneer for the wicked intro and outro music and Red River College for letting me use your audio equipment. Until next episode, remember to always tip your local drag queens.